0: Okay, we're rolling. So, um, continuing on with our Beatitudes series. Um, we've covered a few now, and, and now we're moving on to uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. And it just says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. So, as we have thought, we always um, introduce... A little bit um, the, the idea of the Beatitudes um, and just to, to cover it in, in a sentence what we've thought about so far it's it's simply um, we can say the Beatitudes are what God expects of the members of his kingdom so as we've said it's not necessarily something that we should be striving to to do in order to be blessed but rather they're the, um, the outworkings or the, or the results of those who are part of God's kingdom and um, Because of that, um, those who who are in God's kingdom will know blessing. And also, as we've thought um, over the past few weeks, we realise that God's standards are often at odds with the world's standards. We think of that verse in Isaiah 55, verse 8, which says, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. And that's so true, isn't it? And we see it here in the Beatitudes Very often the the things that God requires of us are perhaps at odds with what the world would expect. But we know that our authority is God. And so that's true of our our verse today as well. We know that being a peacemaker is not necessarily a very fashionable thing, particularly these days. Um, We know that the world is a more polarised place than ever. We can see it in, in politics, we only have to think of our own country to, to realise that um, with MPs turning on each other to, to gain the upper hand or, or to gain some kind of advantage, um, we see that, that, that politics is polarised and, and there's this attitude of doing whatever it takes to, to get the upper hand. We can see it in other events like, uh, if we think back to the Capitol Hill riots, where um, standards of decency or, or behaviour went out the window because just because of people's deeply held political views. We can see that um, the world's polarised through war. Um, We see Putin in Russia um, casting peace aside to to pursue his own agenda. And even within um, the religions of the world, um, we see people um, carrying out atrocities. Um, People of all faiths will, will do these things against one another. And so we see that perhaps peace has been pushed to one side these days and and we see that people are more and more polarised than ever. So it seems, doesn't it, that peace is not necessarily a priority for many, but we're told that the peacemakers will be among the blessed. (coughs) That's what our verse is saying today. So just quickly then to think, how how does the world view peacemakers? Um, Three things came to mind for me. Perhaps the world views peacemakers as, as weak people. Perhaps um, the world would consider peacemakers to be a doormat, someone that could be, be walked all over. Perhaps the world would see a peacemaker as someone who is lacking commitment. Um, someone might say to, to someone who's trying to keep the peace, just pick a side. Um, it's not about keeping peace, it's about picking a side and, and fighting your corner. And perhaps some would even say that it's, um, it's a traitor who, who will keep the peace because if, it's that attitude of if you're not for us then you're against us and that's something that, that um, a lot of people hold to be true so perhaps it's viewed as, as a, tre- a treacherous act sometimes to, to not be, be fighting for one corner or another so that's perhaps a, um, a bleak view of how the world would view peacemakers but um, to contrast that how does God view peacemakers? Well as our verse tells us it says they will be called children of God. So we can see that it's um, being a peacemaker, someone who loves peace, and someone who, who strives for peace in the world. Um, it's one of the hallmarks of a child of God. And it, it's, it's a way in which we'll recognise a child of God. So in contrast to, to what the world thinks, and whatever the world says about peacemakers, we know that, that God values it very, very highly. And it's that that ought to be um, at the forefront of our minds when we're thinking about this idea of being a peacemaker. So that's that's God's view of a peacemaker. What does it mean to us to be a peacemaker? Perhaps very simply, it's someone who who likes to keep the peace, or someone who seeks to keep peace between others, and that, that's obviously the the most simple um, definition of it. But I think we can we can look a bit deeper, and we can we can realise that within the Bible and and some verses that we'll look at, um, there are different aspects to being a peacemaker as as we're thinking about in the beatitude sense of the word. Um, one aspect of being a peacemaker is the idea of forgiveness. And I think the first thing for us to remember as we're, we're striving to understand the blessing that comes from, from being a peacemaker is we have to remember that God first made peace with us. It's something that we've been thinking about this morning, isn't it? The idea that um, we were given unmerited grace, undeserved favour from God. Um, Romans 5 and 1 says Therefore, since we have been justified through faith We have peace with God Through our Lord Jesus Christ So again, as we often say It's justified through faith It's not justified through anything good that we've done Anything that we've done to earn um, A justification from God It's justification through faith And it's a free gift from God So First of all, perhaps when we're thinking of the idea of keeping the peace and being, being forgivers in our own lives, we have to remember that God first made peace with us so that we could be reconciled to him. And so what does that mean? It means we have peace with God because we have forgiveness from God. And the ex- expectation from God is that we extend that to each other. If we think of um, Matthew chapter 18, which we'll just turn to briefly, just to read a few verses. Matthew chapter 18 and and verse 21 gives us the parable of the unmerciful servant. It says, Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with the servants Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you, unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. <coughs> now, I'm not going to major on that this morning. It's a it's a subject in its in its own right, the the subject of forgiveness. But it's just to say that it's a parable, isn't it, of of the forgiveness that's been shown to us. And the challenge is, are we going to act like the unmerciful servant who refused to forgive those around him, even though the debt that we've owed is much, much greater? Or are we going to be like, like Christ um, commanded us to do and urged us to do and forgive each other and, and to forgive the sins of others who have sinned against us? And it's through that that we'll, we'll know true peace and the peace of God. So forgiveness one aspect of being a peacemaker. Um, Another aspect is is being humble, the idea of humility and submission. Um, If we think about the idea of peace, perhaps we could say the opposite of peace is conflict. And what's the source of conflict in a lot of cases? It's pride, isn't it? It's insisting on our own way or our own agenda. If we look at James chapter 3, a couple of verses there. James 3 and verse 16. It says, For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. sincere. So there we have it in verse 16. Where you have envy and selfish amb- ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. That's simply to say that when we prioritize our own ambitions when we put ourselves above everything else when we put ourselves at the top of the tree it leads to to these things to disorder to chaos to conflict every evil practice it says and this is contrasted in the following verse which we've just read with the wisdom coming from heaven which is peace loving and perhaps this in particular is very contrary to what the world these days will say because how many times do we hear um, in day-to-day life that the world says we should take what we're entitled to? Um, don't let anyone stand in your way. Don't let anyone stop you from getting what you, you deserve. Um, and whether that means asserting yourself or putting pressure on others or taking people to court even, being merciless in business, or perhaps even bending the law to get the upper hand. Um, we're told that it's all fair game. It's, it's a dog-eat-dog eat, do, eat, eat dog world, people say. So it's all fair game. Any, any of these tactics are, uh, are what you need to do to, to get what you're entitled to. But that's not at all what God says. God says we're to be humble and we're to be submissive. And then what's the, what's the upshot of that? If we're not obsessed with our own interests, because we have that fulfilment in God rather than our own interests, then we'll be free to be the things listed in, in verse 17 of James 3 that we've just read. Um, to be peace-loving, to be, to be merciful and to be patient and all those things. So it's about um, suppressing that part of us that says, you're entitled to this, go and get what you're entitled to. And instead thinking, what is it that God wants of me? How can I serve others rather than my own interests? And if, if we're doing that, if we're being humble and we're submitting to, to what others, others need and, and what God requires, then um, that's a way in which we'll be peace-loving. And we'll, we'll avoid the, the things that we've just listed and, and we'll, be, we'll know that peace that comes from God. And um, just to underline that point, who can we think of who was more entitled to, to fame, fortune and success than Jesus Christ himself? Um, there's no one in history who was more entitled to those things. Um, but did he, did he go after them? No, he set them all aside and he, he laid down his life for us. And he calls us to, to act in a similar way to, to lay aside what, what we want and our own interests and to serve others. So it's, it's humility and submission that will lead to us being peacemakers in this world. So another aspect of, of being peacemakers is contentment, following on from what we've just been thinking about. The idea of not, not always going after what, what we want, but rather being content in, in who God is and in God's word. And not in, in things of this world or things around us. Philippians 4 and verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If there was a verse that is the, we could describe as the key to peace, perhaps that's it. Not to be anxious about anything. It's easier said than done, isn't it? Um, we all have anxiety about things. We all get stressed about things. And I don't, I don't think we can take that verse and say that it means we'll never have those feelings of anxiety or stress if we're, if we're um, trusting in God. But rather, it's this idea of contentment. It's this idea that whatever happens, whatever we're going through, whatever kind of anxiety or stress or, or things that would worry us, um, we know that we have, we've been reconciled to God. We have peace with God. Um, And we have um, riches in God, perhaps. So we're not to be overly concerned about the things of this world because we know that everything ultimately will be um, temporary and will pass. And the things that we have in God are eternal and will last forever. So the principle is to trust in God, even when we can't see how he can possibly help us in a certain situation or a particular problem. We're to trust in God, not to be anxious, but to bring everything to him through Prayer and petition, as the verse says. And I think we, we mustn't miss that little phrase with thanksgiving. It's just a reminder to us to count our blessings, isn't it? Um, perhaps when we're, we're struggling with things or, or things seem to be going against us, we can easily forget all the things that God has given us. Um, times like the remembrance are so important for that, aren't they? Setting everything else in life aside and just remembering what God has given to us, the, the grace and the gift that God has given to us. And so perhaps that's something that we can remember when we're struggling to, to feel that peace that we're assured that we've got from God. Um, come to him with thanksgiving, count your blessings as we often say. Um, and just just rest in the knowledge that God has given us everything we need and he's given us far more as well. So that's contentment. And uh, one final aspect of, of being a peacemaker and knowing the peace of God is unity. Ephesians 4 and verse 1 says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. So that's a a statement of of the unity of God, isn't it? And the unity that we as believers, and particularly as as church members, should be seeking for one another. Um, Peace and unity go hand in hand. And if we're united with God, and if we have unity amongst ourselves as well, then then we will be at peace. Um, Because that peace will come from the fact that the most important things in this life and the most precious things in this life, we'll all have in common. Um, and so it's, it's about seeking after that unity that, that we read about. Um, as we've read just there, God is, is the three in one God, as we often say, and, and there's no disunity between the three persons of God. Um, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and so on. So if, if we're seeking that for ourselves, if we're seeking it within our church, within our, our marriages, perhaps within our friendship groups, then we'll know that that bond of peace that um, we read about in, in that passage. So we're to seek unity and we're not to be divided over, especially over small things, but we're to seek unity and, and be peacemakers in that respect as well, to be seeking unity. So. We've looked at a few aspects of being peacemakers. And that's, that's the first half of our, our Beatitudes verse, isn't it? Blessed are the peacemakers. So now just briefly turning to the second part, which says, they'll be called children of God. So what does that mean? This, this is obviously the blessing, that, that is the, the blessing part of this verse. As we've said, each of these Beatitudes has a, um, perhaps you could say, a, a condition and a consequence of that. So this is the the blessing part of it, which says they will be called children of God. So what does it mean to be called children of God? And what's the blessing that comes from that? Well, firstly, and perhaps most obviously, it's to have peace with God. Um, Romans 5 verse 1 says, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So perhaps this is the most valuable thing um, when we consider peace. Peace with God is more important than any other kind of peace, isn't it? As we thought this morning, and as we often think when we consider the sacrifice of Jesus, the barrier of sin, which was between us and God, has been taken away. Um, And this leads us to be reconciled to God. Uh, Our hymn, the first verse of our hymn said, A mind of perfect peace with God, and what a word is this, A sinner reconciled through blood, this, this indeed is peace. And as we often say, we should, be, um, we should always be stri- trying to dwell on this and to really grasp what it means to be at peace with God, because there's no other um, comparable example of peace that we can, we can know in this life. Um, knowing peace with God, knowing reconciliation to God, because our sins have been dealt with, is the most important aspect of, of peace with God. So being children of God means knowing that we have that peace with God. Um, a second aspect of being children of God is that um, being a peacemaker and having peace is evidence of someone who belongs to God's kingdom. If, if we're close to God, if we're walking with God, if we're seeking the things that we've been looking at today, um, this peacemaking nature will be evident and it will, it will be evidence of someone who belongs to God's kingdom. So that's, that's a very obvious blessing for us, isn't it? If we're in God's kingdom... If we're walking with God, we know that one day we'll be received into an eternity with God. And there's no greater blessing than that. Um, Not only that, but our peacemaking nature will be evident to others as well. Um, If we're really seeking it, then it should be evident in such a way that others will wonder where it comes from. Others will look at our lives and they'll look at the peace that we have. And they'll they'll realise that this is not something that just comes from being um a mellow person or anything like that it's something that comes from from some other source Um, so the challenge there is wouldn't it be great if others could identify us as followers of the lord jesus through a visible peace in our lives and it's just um something for us to 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 think about and to be to be seeking as we consider the peace that god has given to us Uh, fourthly we'll have peace in our own lives we often think about that verse that says the peace of god which passes all understanding. As we've said, though, it doesn't always mean that we won't get anxious or stressed in life. Um, we're not guaranteed that. We're not told that as soon as we become a Christian, all of that will go away. Um, so why do we still get anxious? Why do we still uh, have stress? Why, do, why are we not overrun with, with peace? Well, it's, it's a consequence, this peace. It's a consequence of living in step with God. And so perhaps we can think of times when we haven't been at peace and we can, we can look at how we, how we dealt with it. Did we bring it to God? Did we lay it at God's feet? Perhaps sometimes we don't bring the things that we're most anxious about to God in prayer. Perhaps we don't do it as often as we should. Um, another old op- option is perhaps there are things which we need to do to reconcile ourselves to other people. Perhaps the source of our um, anxiety or, or whatever it is Is because we have a a disagreement with someone else. We have something between us and someone else that needs to be dealt with. Or perhaps even something in our own conduct is standing in the way of of the peace that we can know from God. There's something on our conscience or something else that that we need to deal with. A barrier between us and God that that needs to be taken down. So whenever we find ourselves questioning where is God's peace? why, Why am I not feeling God's peace in my life? Um... Perhaps we need to look at those three things and and just make sure we're walking in step with God. Because we're assured that the fruit of that is is the peace of God, which passes all understanding. So it's something that we can challenge ourselves on, but also something we can seek when we're dealing with difficult things in our lives. We can be um, examining ourselves, making sure we're walking closely with God, and we'll know that peace that he's, He's promised to us. So, children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will, they will be called children of God. Um, it's something for us to strive for, isn't it? Um, so now, when, perhaps now when we think of peacemakers, we won't think of those who, are, who the world considers weak or disadvantaged or all the other things that we've considered. But we'll think of peacemakers as those who are blessed, those who are called children of God. And the, uh, I think the, the lasting challenge for us, as we, as we go into um, the week ahead and, and beyond, is are we striving for the peace that God has promised us in this life? We're commanded to do that. We're commanded to, to live in, in the peace of God. Um, and if we're striving for that. And if we're, we're making peace. And we're striving to be those who love peace. Then we'll know the blessing of being children of God. In all the ways that we've been thinking about this morning. So we'll leave that there as a, as a challenge for us. For the next few days and weeks. As we pray. Oh God, once again, we thank you for all the many gifts that you've given us. Um, the reconciliation to you through your son, as we've been thinking. There's no greater gift. And oh God, we know that from that flow all the other gifts that you give us. The promise of peace that passes all understanding being one of them. And oh God, we confess that so often we carry burdens and we, we, we don't in- enjoy that peace as we should. Because we don't bring it to you, oh God. Or perhaps we let something else stand in, stand in the way of that peace. But, God, we ask that you would help us to be always coming to you, always bringing our, our burdens to you, always enjoying the gifts that you've given, always being thankful, coming to you with thanksgiving, and always striving, oh God, to be to be, uh, knowing that peace, and also, oh God, to be being peacemakers in this world. As we thought, we know that um, it's not always a popular thing to be a peacemaker, but, oh God, we, we see that it's a command of yours in your word, and so we pray that As we interact with others, as we go about our lives, you'd help us to be peacemakers in this world and help us to know the blessing of being children of God. So we just thank you for these thoughts and we ask for the blessing now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. amen.